Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome everybody to First Bite, our midweek Detroit Lions POD cast. We are here. We are here because of an emergency situation. Maybe a, a good emergency made a bad, a bad emergency, but uh, we will find out soon enough. Uh, the Detroit Lions have a new owner. Martha Firestone Ford has uh, stepped down, given the team to her daughter, Mar- not Martha, Sheila Ford Hamp, and we wanted to talk about it because it is big news, as expected as it may have been. Uh, the timing was kind of interesting. Um, the, the change will have some sort of effect on the team. We're going to break it all down for you on this mini-sized podcast. Um, but before we get into it at all, let me introduce myself. I'm Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor at Pride of Detroit, the interim coach of the POD cast, uh, and I guess uh, First Bite as well. Uh, the co-interim coach of, of First Bite is with us as well. Ryan Matthews is here at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, how we doing, bud? I'm doing well. I don't get the drop because it's First Bite. That's right. We, we just That's jump right. right into it. We got a limited amount of time here. We got to get right into it. We can't, we can't be summoning Limp Biscuit in times like these. <laughs> you said it best at the top. It's an emergency situation. We have pressing issues to talk about with the Detroit Lions and their organization. We do indeed. And uh, people have been screaming for new ownership, new ownership. Well, you guys got it. This is what you wanted, right? This is the monkey paw, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, uh, it, it, it is news and it is interesting. And I'm going to throw it right to you because I, I already jumped on our Twitch a little bit to have my initial thoughts on, on the fact that, you know, it's been handed down to Sheila um, mm-hmm. before we even get into her press conference, um, which, which she had a couple days ago. Um, what were your just initial thoughts when you heard the news? I can't say that I was particularly swayed either way. Like I didn't think it was big news. I didn't think it was small news either. I guess I thought of it as just like medium news. Yeah. And I don't want to be unfair to Sheila Fordhamp because she hasn't been an owner yet. By all accounts, it seems like she's been preparing to take on this role, but it definitely seems like you have to give her the benefit of the doubt and you have to give her the opportunity to be an owner on her own terms. Right. So I think that's where the medium part of the news comes in because this is still the Ford family and it's just kind of like the changing of the guard in a sense. Like it, it, and and I'm really interested to talk about Martha and, and her role as owner too. Uh, I know we're going to talk about that in the podcast a little bit later on, but uh, just my initial reaction was, this is something that it's another wait and see. It's yeah. nothing where we're going to see any immediate changes. You know, 
we'll, we'll get into her press conference a little bit, but it doesn't seem like she's going to come in and uh, do a shock to the system. It seems like she's going to kind of dip her toes in and eventually I think she's going to get more and more comfortable with her role. And then we may see some changes more akin to something kind of like Martha did. Yeah. I, I think at this point, all it is is like, it's a notch on a timeline, right? Like this mm-hmm. could be a turning point in the franchise. This could be, you know, just, you know, the same coasting team that we've seen for the past six decades or so. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's something it, it's, it's, it's a mark. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, like you said, I, I even wrote an article right away saying, you know, there's, there's not going to be any drastic changes. Certainly there isn't going to be right away. And um, Sheila has been a part of this franchise for at least the past six years. You know, she's definitely been hanging around the franchise before that, you know, with, with her dad, but um, she's been a part, an active part of the team for the past six years. So it's not like she's coming in cold and, and, you know, just, you know, like, like Matt Patricia coming in, blowing everything up. No, Mm -hmm. she's already been around the franchise. She's already been a part of some big decisions, including, keeping Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn around, which, which she mentioned in her press conference, she was part of that kind of panel of people. <clears throat> so I, I I'm, I'm with you. It's not, it's not huge news, but it's, it's not small news either. It, it's, it's something we're just going to have to kind of wait and see what. Yeah. We're going to have to see how things play out to determine whether or not it's as significant a change as people have been hoping for. Like you said, six decades of, you know, borderline futility, um, some years worse than others, but we'll see whether or not she can she can put her stamp on this franchise and really turn things around. All right, let's let's move into that uh, press conference she had because you use use the term stamp put her stamp on the franchise. That's actually a term she specifically used as well. She wants to put her stamp on the franchise. Um, I guess though the main message, at least that I got out of the press conference, was like. Let let me let me see what we've got here before I do anything. Let me let me assess what we have. You know, she's she's already had her foot in the door and everything, but she sounded eager to learn more and learn everything, um, which is obviously a good sign. You want your you want your owner to know every single part of the team that they can, so that they can make an informed decision. And that's that's what we're getting in in, in Sheila. It sounds like because she said like immediately, I want to set up meetings with part of this team that I don't know anything about at this point. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to interesting. She said, I'm not going to meddle where I don't belong, but I do want to be informed to make informed decisions. And I mean, words are just words, but that to me, that's, that's reassuring words. It's, it's someone who's going to be hands-on more so than, than I think some of the past regime has been. Um, that's good, but also willing to know your limits and, and trust the people that you've hired to do their job and not, you know, Meddle or, or interfere in their work. I mean, we see we see what Jerry Jones sometimes does in Dallas, and it mm-hmm. seems like it's it's a little too much. Um, so I I feel like the lines are getting at least a good balance in someone who's wants to be part of things enough that they're they're going to have an impact, but knows her limits to stay hands off when when she doesn't need to be there. Yeah, and I think that's the mark of any true good owner. You want to trust the people that you put into place. And that's why she said that she wanted to be informed when it came to those decisions and and making those decisions. And the other thing that you mentioned at the top, 
um, was talking about, you know, there are some parts of the organization that she wasn't super familiar with and she wants to familiarize herself with those parts of the organization. That's, I mean, that's awesome. That's, I mean, like you said, those are just words and we'll see how much of those things actually become action. And if any of those things have, because at the end of the day, we really just care about the product on the field. Right. Yeah. Um, and if, if those types of, if that type of approach to business ends up having a productive impact on what goes on inside the, you know, on the field. And um, we'll see that it almost seems like that's the entire thing. It's just like, we'll wait and see, like, let's just see how this goes. Right. Do you have any concern that she, that there are parts of this business that she's not that familiar with considering she's kind of been waiting in the wings for six years at this point? No, I think my favorite quote from her was talking about like ever since she was in college, she wanted to be a part of an NFL franchise and be a part of the NFL, be a part of the NFL team. So, I mean, I don't think that that's just lip service. I think, you know, with, like you said, the past six years, she's kind of been, you know, learning the ins and outs of, you know, taking on this role. So I think somebody who has wanted to do this for so long, I, th- I think I'm I think I'm more optimistic about somebody who has had a passion for this and w- has wanted to do this rather than I don't know let's say a guy's name that rhymes with bod bud <laughs> <laughs> who who had no football experience and no prior true you know no prior experience and and maybe no true passion for for this type of this type of role. So that 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 I that much I am excited about. I don't really have too many concerns. Yeah, and and I that was one of my favorite quotes. I actually didn't even pick it up the first time I, I sat there and, and listened to her. What I I caught on the second time through her kind of telling her story as a woman that wants to get in the NFL and, and when she came out of college and was like, Yeah, I want to be part of the NFL, she was basically told, like, yeah, there's really nothing you can do. Because, you know, that was, what, 50 years ago or so. And sure. there, there weren't a lot of open positions for for women in the NFL, certainly in in kind of the ownership level as well, executive levels. There was almost none at the time. <clears throat> so it, it's certainly an interesting and kind of an inspiring story to see someone, um, you know, I, I, I it's probably not fair to say she, she worked her way up. In, in a way, she did. Um, but, you know. She was also part of the Ford family that probably helped out a little bit. Um, but but yeah. that's that's not to say she doesn't deserve to be here. You know, for a long time, we all thought it was going to be Bill Ford Jr. who was going to be running this team. And it's clear Sheila took on a, a, a lot of initiative and, and put in a lot of work to, to be where she is today. So she, I think I think that's one reason maybe to get excited about this, right? Like the easy thing the Lions could have done is just pass it off to another dude, pass it off to the son of the guy who's just kind of been there. But the Lions saw initiative in Sheila. She, she worked her way up there and, and, and now she's in a place where she's wanted to be for the past 30, 40, 50 years. Um, So that, that's cool. That's, that's a really neat story. Um, There were other things in in the press conference that there's, listen, there's, there's nothing she can say in a press conference that's going to, produce wins there's nothing she can say that will make me believe she can't produce wins necessarily because it's all words um but there are a lot of things that i just kind of shrug off like she she hates losing things like that you know it feels like anytime any executive takes a podium we demand what what are they going to say to the fans what what can they say to the fans and the answer is nothing they can't say anything to the fans that's going to make them feel better or feel more comfort about the ford zoning this team right now they, they just need products but 
you know, her answer to the question was, I hate losing. I hate losing. I, I, I was a tennis player growing up. I was in college. I was out there all by myself and there was nothing I hated more than losing. And, mm-hmm. and that, that quote got a lot of traction because she said, and that's true of me and my family. And I was, I was like rolling her eyes, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. Like that, that word means nothing. And you're not going to find a lot of owners out there and be like, you know what? Losing's, losing's kind of underrated. It's kind of fun, guys. No yeah. one's say that. <laughs> um, well, I think I, th- I think you get a lot of fans who kind of roll their eyes at that because it's like we've watched this team lose. You haven't lost money. Like that's the thing that you care about most when you're owning a professional, right? You know, sports team. So, like, what kind of losing are you talking about? You know, and and I agree with you. I mean, there's no amount of lip service that she could get up there. But the one thing I did want to say is I'm really glad and I'm really happy that they didn't just hand this off to like Bill Ford Jr. And it was another like glad handing situation and where, you know, Peter principle where somebody just gets put into place who doesn't have the chops to do it. Do I know whether or not Sheila Ford Hamp has, uh, has the chops to do it? I'm, I'm not sure, not totally sure, but at least she has some kind of an established rapport with the organization and she's doing some, she's doing, she has done some work with them. So that's that's what makes me feel a little bit more um, confident and a little bit more optimistic about this transition of power. So some other interesting things from uh, the press conference. She kind of addressed the the ultimatum that we've all been talking about for the past six months uh, about you know what the what Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia need to do to save their jobs. Um, back back in uh, what was it December? They said in a statement to fans, our expectation is for the lions to be a playoff contender in 2020. She addressed it, but she didn't clarify really at all. She, she already kind of admitted. And then I know this is going to make some, some lions fans, you know, afraid that they're already making excuses for the 2020 season. But she says, I think this is going to be kind of a weird year. I don't want to say anything about wins and losses. I think the overarching thing is we, is that we want to see major improvement at this point. I can't really say what those specific measures are going to be because I don't know what the season is going to look like yet, but believe me, major improvement is a goal. And so, yeah, she's basically saying like, I can't say they need to be at least nine and seven because at this point I don't even know if 16 games are going to be played. Um, But I think a lot of people will read that and say, and see like, Oh, well this, she's already admitting like, this is a weird off season. I can, you know, I can excuse a poor, a, a poor season this year because the Lions didn't have an off season. Um, is, are, is that, is that reading too much into it? Do you think? No, I don't think that's reading too much into it. I don't think that I think every owner is probably in that position and I don't want to make the, I don't want to make the comparison cause I think it's apples to oranges, but you look at even like the MLB situation right now, I think there's a lot of owners that are just kind of trepidatious about getting back into things. And you see this even in the NBA, you see a lot of players like opting out and pulling out because of just the concerns with what's going on with COVID right now. So I do appreciate the way in which she, she treated that question because I think it kind of piggybacks on what I like. She said about like peaceful protesting Mm -hmm. and about whether or not she'd have a problem with signing Colin Kaepernick. Like she supports those things. Like she supports like taking care of players I think I kind of read between the lines and that's what I heard. Mm. Now, as a Lions fan, I would love to see wins. I would love to see lots of wins. I would love <laughs> to see a Super Bowl victory. But I do also want an owner who does good for the community and like yeah. continues the the good work and even builds on and improves 
for, you know, the city of Detroit that's made huge strides, but has still has so much, you know, still so much further to go. So I think, I think hearing those things, those were the things I kind of read in between the lines and I cared less about sticking to this kind of arbitrary, not so clearly defined, you know, ultimatum that they gave this current regime and kind of took it in a different direction. So um, the lack of clarification there is not, not a huge issue for me. Fair enough. Um, the last point I wanted to touch on, and, and maybe you have something else you want to talk about as well, um, was her relationship with the media. She briefly addressed it, and I, I put on her, an article today about it, um, basically saying she's open to being more open with the media. Um, and it's interesting because right before that press conference, I jumped on our Twitch channel and said, that's the one thing I'm, I'm going to be looking for. Is she going to be more transparent, more available, more in front of our fans because while that doesn't really do anything in terms of wins and losses and championships and things like that, it's something we haven't had. And I know it's, it's been a cause of a lot of frustration for Lions fans, not being able to have that face to talk to, to hear from, um, to, to take responsibility for the past 60 years of this franchise. You know, William Playford was a guy who's, you know, hermetic in his, uh, relationship with the media and and while while uh, Martha was was there at practices and more hands on in her approach to the team, she basically wanted nothing to do with the media and and that's that's her prerogative. That's fine. She's ninety four years old. I probably don't want to talk to a lot of people when I'm ninety four. I don't want to talk to a lot of people now if I'm being completely honest. Um, but, <laughs> but Sheila seems very much open to it. I'll, I'll read her quote exactly. She says, "Well, I'll do things from time to time for sure. Happy to talk. I'm not." Sure, I'm looking for a career in television or radio, but it'll be as we go. I'll see how it is. Yes, I will talk to media at times. So it certainly seems like she's going to be more available. She's she's going to answer some questions every now and then. Um, maybe maybe not once a year, maybe not twice a year. We still don't know. She probably still needs to feel out the job. Um, but is this is this a promising develop for you development for you? Yeah, I mean, the more transparency, the more we get of her in front of a microphone, speaking to the media, speaking to the fans, is all for the better. And I think that we see that just in so many different walks of life. We see the transparency that people, um, especially people in power, we see that transparency they have with their constituents and the and the and the people who who buy into this organization and things like that and and want answers and. If I think back to, and I know we're going to talk about Martha Ford's legacy here on the other side of the break, but when I think about the moments that stood out the most to me about Martha Ford, it was when she was in front of a microphone making big decisions. You know, mm-hmm. I I remember exactly where I was when I heard about Luan and, and Mayhew getting getting the boot, mm-hmm. and that was that was big. And we we even talk about like now today. Um, you know, Bob Quinn and how little he really gives to the media. But recently in, you know, the past, what, three months, ever since the draft, like we've had some pretty honest, open discussions and, you know, learning about Bob Quinn and his relationship with his family and like during the draft and things like that, like that type of stuff really humanizes him. And it really Mm -hmm. kind of brings him to our level in a way that we no longer put him up on this like pedestal. And it, it's good for us. It, it, it provides reassurance. It provides us with direct things that we can point to and say, Hey, like live up to this or, or Hey, maybe he didn't live up to that. Like early on in his, yeah. um, you know, in his GM tenure when, you know, things got a little bit dicey, but the more you put yourself out there, I think 
only good can really come from that. Fair enough. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Martha Ford's legacy. She was owner of the team for six years. Was it a success? Was it a failure? Did she do everything possible? And did she put her her daughter in a good place taking over the team now from 2020 and beyond? So stick around. We'll be right back on First Bite, your Detroit Lions mini podcast for the week. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on First Bite, our midweek podcast, mini-sized, so that you can just get it on your little one-way to your car uh, or to work in your car. That's how that's how it works, I think. I think you don't just walk to your car and then you're at work. Although maybe you are. If you're a truck driver, that counts. When, when you walk to your living room, you're at work. <laughs> True. Many people don't have any sort of, of transit anymore. Uh, but anyways, uh, this segment, we're going to be talking mostly about Martha Ford, her legacy as six years owner of the Detroit Lions. Six years is not quite, uh, is not, it's not a long time, if we're being honest, by, by owner standards. It's probably tough to, to really give her a full um, evaluation. Um, you know, not a ton can happen in six years, uh, although we have seen certain franchises turn on a dime. Um, so, you know, we asked a question to our Pride of Detroit readers a, a few days ago, you know, what grade would you give Martha Ford? I, I'd like to just maybe not not necessarily give it a grade, but just kind of talk about her legacy, what we'll remember about her uh, her time in here, and, and maybe evaluate whether we think it was a success or not. But let, let, me, let me give you the first word, Ryan. When you, th- when you think back on Martha Ford's six years as, as owner, um, what, what comes to mind? What, what moments or, or successes, failures come to mind uh, during her reign? Yeah, I think one word to describe Martha Ford's tenure as owner would be improvement. Mm-hmm. And even though things have, over the past couple of seasons, have seemed to kind of sputter a little bit, I can't help but take myself back to the moment. Like I said, I remember I was at Avondale High School when I heard about both Tom Lewan and Martin Mayhew getting fired after the Lions had fallen to one and seven. Yeah. And the rest of that season, they go six and two. They don't get eliminated from playoff contention until I think it was week 14 against the Rams that year. But that was also the first year since 91 that the Lions won a game in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, it was... That truly felt like a... a, a ch- not, not a changing of the guard, but definitely felt like, hey, you know what? No more William Clayford. No, no more Matt Millen. No more bad decisions. Like, it's only on the up and up from here. 
Um, so it, it feels like her overall tenure was an improvement. But there are some things that under her, under her, you know, reign as owner, some things that don't really sit well with me. I think the Calvin Johnson stuff mm-hmm. kind of is, uh, you know, something that's stuck in our teeth. The hiring of Matt Patricia and Rod Wood and, you know, some of the things that go in, that coincide with that. Like, yes, there, there have been some ups, but there's also been some downs. And it's like, well, relative to this franchise for the past, you know, however many years under Millen and things like that, like it was just like failure after failure after failure. Well, at least now it seems like the franchise is at least like experiencing some ebb and flows that every other franchise experiences. So that in and of itself, like a return to at least like what other teams experience seems like an improvement, I think from a a relative standpoint. So I I think overall, I would say that the one way that I would describe Martha Ford's tenure as, as owner is, is improvement. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to necessarily even say that. Mm-hmm. She took over, you know, she took over in 2014. The lines go 11 and five that season um, makes her look really good. But at the same time, like she just became owner. Like how much did she do in 10 months time to make that team go 11 and five? Um, the team's record during her entire reign was 45, 50 and one. Um, that's good for 19th in the NFL in terms of win percentage over those six years. Um, obviously, I mean, the problem is that like you see this kind of roller coaster trajectory of the team under her, right? Like it starts out really high and now we're kind of way back down to three, 12 and one. And listen, it, it's tough to judge an owner simply by win loss record because there's so much that happens in a season. You know, it's not her fault. Matthew Stafford got injured and if Matthew Stafford doesn't get injured, they probably win at least seven games and, and you know, the, the overall record under her looks a lot better uh, certainly doesn't look as as bad, but you know I, I'm I'm very I, I have a very mixed emotions. I I think like you said, her defining move of her entire reign is is the firing of Martin Mayhew and Tom Lawand. Those were guys who who had been around the franchise for years. That wasn't just like like decades, decades, decades. These are guys. Tom, Tom Lawand had been there a long time. Yeah, yeah. That that Martha knew that Martha was likely friends with, friendly with. And to fire them mid-season like that is is a change. It, it's it's something that there there's no way William Clay Ford would have ever done that. We, that we know, that's it exactly. That's it exactly. Yeah. That's such a good point, Jeremy. It, we we know William Clay Ford was loyal to his guys, and and sometimes that's good business. Sometimes it's not good business. But in this case, and and you know I, I've already seen a little bit of revisionist history here saying like, well, maybe they were a little too hasty with Martin Mayhew. He's had success in San Francisco now, and you know they, they just made the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. That team was 1-7. That team was not going anywhere beyond mediocrity. Um, I, now, you can make the, sa- the exact same argument for Bob Quinn, and, and, and we have to talk about that too, right? like her hiring of Bob Quinn. She went about it the right way. She got Ernie Accorsi to help her, um, you know, give her some, some sort of guidance, because if we're being honest, Martha Ford probably not... Um, qualified enough to, to hire a general manager on her own. So she went about it the right way, but ultimately it's still her decision. And if it doesn't work out, then that's on her. Now 
I think when we write Martha Ford's legacy with the Lions, we can't just use information that we have now. We have to wait. Because mm-hmm. if if Matt Patricia works out, if Bob Quinn works out, well then she's the one that turned around this franchise, right? She, it's her. I know it'll happen under Sheila, but it's her firing the, the previous GM, trusting Bob Quinn to not only take over as general manager, but in turn fire one of the most uh, successful coaches in Detroit Lions history and bring in Matt Patricia, a, a bold move considering the Patriots tree and, and how that's worked out in the past. All of those were very bold, interesting moves. They haven't paid out yet, but if they pay out in the long term, she deserves a ton of the credit there, a ton of the credit. And, and we kind of have to still play it the wait and see game for that. And that's why, you know, I, I said in, in the comment section, I give her a CC minus it's really an incomplete right now. And and maybe that's not fair to, to some people that just want to say, F, the team sucks, so they, they didn't win a playoff game on her, whatever. But to me, the, the decisions you make as an owner take a while to, to really you know bear fruit necessarily. And, and I'm not saying that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn will bear fruit. I'm not, I mean, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you know that we're, we're quite skeptical of those two right now. But if, if it does happen, if all this you know, changing of the culture and, and putting all these resources in, into the Patriot way eventually turn out, then yeah, Martha, Martha Ford, like might even deserve a statue in, in front of Ford field. If we're being honest. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it has to be considered a work in progress still, but I think it's a work in progress for as long as this current regime is in place. As long as there's Rod Wood, as long as there's Bob Quinn, as long as there's Matt Patricia, I think those things are inextricably linked to Martha Ford. So I agree with you that you have to kind of wait and see. And for the same reasons that maybe we don't give we or, or we shouldn't give Martha Ford like all the credit in the world for the eleven and five season in twenty fourteen, yep. yep. which you know also coincided with Jim Caldwell's first season as coach. Right. I think that we can't we we, we shouldn't give you know Sheila Ford Hamp all the credit in the world. If say the lions go out and rip off 11 wins yeah. or they rip off a 12 and four season and win the division. Uh, how, how could you point to that and say, well, like, well, it was Sheila Ford Hamp who came in and like, did like, no, those are like Martha Ford's people and they stuck with them. Now does, would Sheila get some credit for sticking with them? Absolutely. Um, but yeah. I, I, I think you made a great point and that's the reason why it seems like an improvement to me is because Martha Ford did things that this organization never would have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Like they, like they never would have mid season after a one and seven start made as big of moves as firing the team president and the general manager, but retaining the coach. Like, I think that that was a really bold play too in itself. Sure. Now, granted, you know, you, you, you want to bring in a new president you you have an interim gm at that point i think it was uh oh was his name was it sheldon was it sheldon white wow a good memory i think that's right well done is that is that name ringing a bell okay but anyway yeah so you want to wait to see maybe you know gm do his own head coaching search but um i think it was a really bold play even of itself to to fire the the team president and the general manager, but to retain the coach that seemed like it was the right move. And I think it was the right move. I miss Papa Jim. <laughs> Thinking about Martha Ford is making me think really fondly of Papa Jim. I, 
if there's one thing that I'm bummed about most about my my media career, it's that I never really got to meet him. <clears throat> I jumped on as soon as Matt Patricia came aboard. But um, going back to to Martha really quick, I think the one thing maybe we haven't even mentioned yet that she deserves a lot of credit for it. And um, I just say credit for it. I think I did. Um, Ooh. Was the improvement of the team facility and uh, Ford Field. You know, um, it shows the the one thing that I think this Ford family has actually shown consistently is that they do care about the team and the fan experience and the city of Detroit. Um, and so, you know, they put two hundred million dollars worth of renovations into Ford Field. They renovated the team, um, <clears throat> the team facility, which is something that attracts free agents. If, 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 if it's nice enough, you know, I jokes were made back in the day that um, the facility had like setups for v- VHS tapes as, as late as 2000. I, th- I want to say 2016. Um, oh, so yeah, so it, they were long overdue and, and maybe previous administrations deserve some criticism for not making those updates, but um, she put in the she money. Deserves she deserves credit. Yeah, she, she absolutely deserves credit. And a lot of that was spearheaded by, by Rod Wood and, and Bob Quinn. And so those guys, I think took the credit. But agreeing to those and and actually putting the money towards those things um, falls on ownership. And so the fact that that Martha greenlit that and and I mean, she hired those people. She hired Rod Wood. She hired Bob Quinn, um, I think, probably partially in part because they were committed to making full scale changes to the Lions facility, the Lions home field, all that sort of stuff. And it's it's had a po- positive impact on on the fan experience. You know, we got cheerleaders in here for all the people that had been bitching about that forever. We got Wi-Fi, we got bigger screens. Like those are tangible improvements to the franchise. And I know most people are are bottom line people and want wins and losses. And but that that is not directly the owner's job. So I I feel like Mar- Martha Ford deserves a fair amount of credit for that as well. Oh yeah. For Am I sure. boring you? No, I'm just running on minimal sleep. I'm on low power <laughs> mode right now. Only the essential ha- things are running. You haven't been able to sleep because you're so excited about Sheila Ford. Well, I pull out a name like Sheldon White, and that just proves that I'm a man committed to the cause. That That is true. I don't know how many people <laughs> listening could have pulled the interim GM from the 2016 season. That's crazy. 2015 season, yeah. 15 season. <clears throat> all right well i think that's gonna wrap us up um thank you for listening to our emergency podcast we're gonna let ryan go take a nap because he uh so clearly needs it if if you were watching live on twitch twitch.tv slash pride of detroit um you can see him you know got got some bags under the eyes but he fought through this and we appreciate that we appreciate you all for listening be sure to join us this weekend twitch.tv slash pride of detroit we'll be doing our full pod cast we're counting down the top 10 edge defenders in the nfl for the 2020 season that'll be a lot of fun uh we're gonna have a lot of debate unfortunately i don't think ryan's gonna be with us but we'll have some special guests <laughs> so stick to stay tuned make sure you're subscribed to the pod cast on all your favorite podcast platforms and we will see you on probably sunday go lions
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.